I'm Evan Feigenbaum. I'm Vice President for Studies at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. And I'm Ali Wine. I'm a Senior Analyst with Eurasia Group's Global Macro Practice. So Evan, we have a big meeting coming up in Anchorage this Thursday between uh, the Secretary of State uh, and the National Security Advisor and their Chinese counterparts. Uh, what do you expect is going to come out of this meeting? And, and what do you think, at least from the American perspective, would constitute a successful outcome? You, you want to know what I expect? I expect it's going to be a lot like that episode of the old show Seinfeld, where George Costanza's father, Frank, makes up a new holiday called Festivus. And he begins it every year with what he calls an airing of the grievances. I think essentially the first <laughs> thing we can expect is this is going to be like an airing of the grievances. And the good news about an airing of the grievances is it can put a floor under a free fall in a relationship because it airs it out and it gives both sides an opportunity to take stock. The bad news, I guess, for anybody who is expecting substantive progress on issues is that I think they're not going to get it. Um, you know, frankly, from the Chinese standpoint, the presentation they've been making from their two attendees, their two top foreign policymakers, Yang Jiechi and Wang Yi, is that the Americans untied, the Americans basically tied the knot and they need to untie it. So they're remarkably unself-reflective about how we got here. Um, the Americans, on the other hand, are kind of doing the mirror image. Tony Blinken went up to Capitol Hill metaphorically and digitally and basically said, this is not a strategic dialogue. If there's going to be any follow-on engagement, China's going to have to make progress on what we are looking for. So that's the American version of China tied the knot and needs to untie it. So that's the context. So I think basically they're going to air it out. They're going to put the grievances on the table. And what would constitute a success would be basically to put some boundaries around the free fall that we've seen over the last few years, uh, to put cards on the table and then basically establish uh, a framework for uh, the more functionally oriented people uh, to begin to work through some of these very difficult issues on both sides. But I'm just struck on both sides. There's a lack of self-reflection, and I think that's particularly true on the Chinese side. So I don't expect a lot. Uh, what, what are you expecting? So I would say substantively, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think that just given the the number and acuity of intractable challenges between the two sides, I don't imagine that we're going to see that much progress on that full uh, panoply of issues. I imagine at least from from the American side, I think that there is going to be a desire to project a newfound air of American confidence. So I would imagine that the Secretary of State and National Security Advisor will tout America's progress at home, so the signing of this $1.9 trillion recovery package, the acceleration of the vaccine rollout. I think that they will also point to the newfound uh, diplomatic momentum of the Quad, which up until recently, uh, many observers, myself included, had thought was maybe not moribund, but had thought was largely another abstract grouping. But it, it seems to be, the Quad seems to be making and you wrote you wrote about this recently with your uh, with your Carnegie colleague uh, James Schwimlein, and it seems that the Quad is moving from abstract grouping to at least it's making some progress along the journey to strategic concept, and could potentially uh, constrain or at least sort of uh, embed China's ambitions in in the Asia Pacific. And I think that on balance, in in touting America's progress at home, in touting reinvigorated U.S. diplomacy in the Asia Pacific. I think that the goal will be to to disabuse uh, to disabuse uh, their interlocutors of the notion that the United States is terminally declining. Because if you look at the if you look at the messaging that came out of the the National People's Congress, I think the message the the message is very much one of inexorable Chinese resurgence. And I think that the United States will be looking to to blunt that narrative momentum. 
Yeah, you know, I think that's essentially where the Chinese are coming from too, which is interesting. I think the Chinese are going to be trying to project some confidence as well. Um, their view, I think, at this point, is that uh, the the Americans are basically going to try to attenuate China's development, particularly in some areas of technology. That's the landscape that China has to live with. Um, and from the Chinese standpoint, they probably are eager to signal that they'd like some tactical reset, but that they don't need to buy the reset by caving into what they view as American demands on an array of issues. And that's an analytical statement for me. It's not a normative one. So both sides are doing a lot of performative stuff for domestic audiences. And I think my expectation from the Chinese, therefore, is that they will likewise try to project confidence. They'll probe, they'll test, they'll state some firm red lines, they'll see how the U.S. reacts, but they're probably not going to bend at an initial meeting either on any issue. And they may even begin to link some of what the U.S. is looking for on climate change, for example, uh, to some other Chinese issues. And that's going to be a very uh, interesting line to see how the U.S. tries to walk it. What happens, for instance, if the Chinese link uh, uh, Taiwan to some of the other issues where the U.S. would like to work with China. And I think there's another interesting, you talked about some of the parallels between positioning. I think one other interesting parallel is more of an emphasis in each country on self-reliance. So in China, explicitly talking with dual circulation, talking about greater economic and technological self-reliance. And I think that from the American side, much more of a sense of, much more of a discussion around getting America to run faster, investing in you in America's unique competitive advantages while competing with China, but focusing more on America's running faster than on slowing China down. So there, there's also an interesting mirror imaging. And a recipe for deintegration. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Ali, it's been fun. Well, a lot to follow. Yeah. Thanks for making time.